episode 41. Welcome to Dharmic Evolution. Hey everybody, I'm your host, James Kevin O'Connor, singer-songwriter, audio-video artist, and master storyteller. We're going out west today to visit with a social media guru. This lady, Jen Herman, is a master, or should I say mastress, of all social medias, especially uh, in the Instagram world, blogging, we're going to talk Periscope, uh, Facebook, nothing's off limits. Get your notebook and your pencils ready because this one is packed with great information to help you in your world of business, art, whatever you do, you can take away some gems from this one. So strap up your seatbelts and let's go for a ride. So today on the Dharmic Evolution, I'm really delighted to have Jen Herman from Jen at Jen's Trends. Um, And Jen is a social media strategist. And, um, you know, I just met her through uh, Sue B. Zimmerman very recently and uh, am learning so much between um, between Sue and Jen and learning uh, all about, you know, social media and how to leverage it properly. So we're going to learn a whole lot more today. So, Jen, thanks so much for being part of the Dharmic Evolution. Thank you so much for having me on. It's a pleasure. Yeah, so um, this is all really good stuff. So you got to clear the the mist that hangs over the social media world that a lot of us, I mean, a lot of people who listen to this show are um, artists and uh, in the entertainment business, and um, a lot, specifically, a lot of um, people who work on their own. So, I'm hoping you can give some guidance to uh, share some of your wisdom with us. And could we start first with let's talk about the mighty blog and its place in in the world of business? Well, I mean, obviously, I'm a huge advocate for blogging. Um, okay, that's. That's how I got to where I am is is because of my blog. I wouldn't be here. You know, it's kind of like a chicken and an egg issue. Um, you know, did, was it the social media that built the blog or did the blog build the social media? Right. Um, and it's, you know, they, they both built each other. Um, but my business is built on my blog, um, you know, in terms of being able to create fresh content and be able to, you know, provide something of value to people that gets people to find me um, and build my brand that way. I am a huge advocate for social media. I think that I, I, I know my business wouldn't be where it is without the, the presence of social media and how that has grown my blog. Okay. But the blog is obviously a huge backbone of my, of my business. Okay. I want to come right back to that, but can, can first you share a little bit about what your business is, exactly what you do so people can get a, you know, a, a place to hang their hat on and say, okay, I see, I see how this works. For sure, yeah. So uh, my blog is called Jen's Trends, and that's Jen with two N's, because if anybody grew up in the 80s and 90s with the four billion other Jennifers in the world, <laughs> you totally understand having to have some, some uniqueness to your name that yes. everybody has. Um, so it's Jen with two N's. Um, but it's Jen's Trends, and it's based on um, trends in social media. So I started my blog uh, about two and a half years ago, and... When I started, it was really just because I was looking for something else to do. I, I need to be doing five projects at once. I'm not somebody who can just sit idly by on the weekends. Right. And I was going through a challenge at my day job. I work full-time for another company outside of what I do with Jen's Trends. And so working with them, trying to get them to understand social media and embrace it. And it was really eye-opening to go through some of these challenges that other people didn't appreciate the power of social media. 
So I decided, I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm going to write a blog that talks about these challenges and how to overcome these challenges and how to support people and why it's valuable and all these things. And that was really how it started out. So there was no strategy. There was no regular schedule. I didn't have an editorial calendar. I didn't have any of that stuff. I just started writing when it came to my mind and, you know, random thoughts of, you know, how this would apply to somebody or something like that. So it started off and I built it from there and started really enjoying it and started thinking, hey, I can do more with this. And that was how it grew into more of an actual business structure, having a strategy in place, having, you know, an editorial calendar, making a plan to promote this to social media, going out there and building my my brand awareness and that sort of thing. And then based on that, I started getting into the consulting side and the training side of things. So I started, you know, doing um, consultations with clients. I started putting together training programs that I can now offer clients on how to use social media effectively. And that was really how it grew from a small, you know, boredom, you know, solution right. into an actual business so model. So let me ask you about how did you come up with the strategy of, okay, the blog works and this is why it works and this is the frequency. Like, where did you get your, your touch points of, hey, I'm on the right track. I know what's going on here. Well, for me, honestly, a lot of it came from the social media um, side of things. When I started sharing things and people were saying, oh, I really like this or, oh, this was really helpful. Um, and it's, you know, you kind of need that gratification. You need kind of that, that reassurance from other people that what you're doing is doing something right. Um, the one thing I always preach is you have to give your audience what they want, not right. what you want, but what they want. And so the more they started saying this was good or that they wanted this question answered, I started realizing that there are people out there who do need this and they want these answers. So that was kind of the stepping stone to push me in the direction of, okay, let's actually focus on this. Like I'm going to tackle this topic or I'm going to make sure that I, you know, address this issue. And then it started becoming, you know, okay, if I'm going to do this, I need to do this strategically. It needs to be something where people can expect it, not just something like, hey, at, you know, Friday at six o'clock at night, Jen shared a blog post. So I you, you had, you were, de- so you were orchestrating your content around the needs of people. And, and where did you get that from? How did you figure out, hey, who needs what? And where were, where were you looking to say, okay, here's the audience sector that I'm going after. Um, it, like, so it really kind of started, you know, from social media and then also comments on the blog. So people were leaving comments. Okay. And to, let's be clear, like my audience when I started was, you know, a hundred people maybe. I mean, it right. wasn't like I had thousands of people and no one starts out with a huge audience. Right. Um, but comments saying this was really helpful, but, or, you know, I wish you would cover this in more detail or things like that kind of gave me some guidance. Um, but so where did you post your blog, Jen? Like where were you doing direct email or just um, like on Facebook or where was your blog located it so people could find have, you? And this was one of my big mistakes. And this is one thing I always preach. I did not develop an email list early enough. I had an option where people could sign up and they would get an email notification, but it wasn't like an actual email list strategy. So yes, right. emails would go out if they signed up. But again, I had like maybe 30 people on my list. So that wasn't right. really generating it. It was more for me, social media, like Facebook, Twitter, Google+, um, Pinterest. I was posting it to all these places. I got involved in a lot of um, uh, network building things as well. So things like Triber, which is a huge platform that brings together bloggers and you get together in tribes of similar interests and share each other's blog posts on social media. So that got me some exposure. 
Um, and then from there, it actually developed into the podcast world. And I kind of always joked that I was a kind of a podcast whore when I got started because if like, someone <laughs> asked me, I was like, yes, I'll be on your show. Yeah. Well, and that's I great. Just, <laughs> I would say yes to everybody and anybody. Um, and that was where the platform took off at that point because that was when people would ask the questions that were on the show is that some people would start emailing or start following up with things and start, you know, sharing more of my content. So, um, you know, it, it really kind of was um, a lot of luck to get started with, but it, as those things worked, I made those more and more strategic in the plan. Right. Right. So Triber, are you still on Triber? I'm still on there. I don't use it nearly as actively. Um, unfortunately, you know, there's, only so many hours in a day and I've had to choose where I spend most of my time. Right. Um, and as I've developed my niche into the Instagram marketing network, that's taken a lot of my my time and effort to build that side of my business that I don't do nearly as much blog sharing and as much involved with Triber. Um, but I'm a huge advocate for it. I think it's an amazing platform. And I, I do know so many people that I've connected with purely through that platform. Can you tell me a little bit about, you know, back to the blog for a minute, frequency of the blog and how many words is like the sweet spot for you? My sweet spot is about a thousand words. Wow. Um, okay. If, so that's if, what, I'll five pages you, or something? It's, it's a lot. Yeah. I mean, I mean, but I do, you know, I write very conversationally. Um, brevity is not my strong suit. I, this is my life's mantra. You, you get me talking and I, I just don't shut up. And the same thing goes with writing. So I Well, this is great for me because I can have a cup of coffee and a cigar while you're talking. This is awesome. Exactly. Let's keep going. I love a good webinar because it's just me talking. Yeah. <laughs> so um, you're t a thousand words. I mean, that's four or five pages. That's a lot of content. So, so like you have a lot to say about a specific subject. So how many like days a week do you do this? I used to do three days a week. I did every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Um, before I had my baby, I had gone down to Mondays and Thursdays. So I cut it down to two days a week because working a full-time day job, doing Jen's Trends, and taking on a lot of client projects, I just couldn't manage the three-day-a-week schedule. So I went down right. to two days a week. Um, being on maternity leave recently, I've been kind of, you know, one a week at best. I actually took a whole month off. I just wrote a blog post about how I survived taking a whole month off of blogging. Okay. Um, but no, I hope to get back up to two a week. My whole thing is do what is consistently able for you. If you can only do one a month, then only do one a month. But be consistent because your audience expects consistency. And that was one thing I learned early on. The more consistent you are, the more you're there on a regular basis, the more trustworthy you are, the more they respect you and value your input because they know that you're taking time for them. Right. So do you feel, so the, the blog should really um, be parallel you know, aligned with your business. In other words, like I'm doing a podcast, so I just jumped to two times a week because mm -hmm. we're, the backlog was so big. You know, <laughs> I don't want to make somebody wait like four months. Like I did my my schedule and I went in halfway into January. I said, okay, it's time, oh to, it's time to go two days a week so we can get people out faster. So therefore, I'm going two days a week with my blog to let people know who's on, shine the light on this person. This is who's coming on. So is that what you would advocate, like make it, have a reason to have the blog. In other words, Absolutely. don't just do it like, I'm just gonna blog for the hell of it. It has to have some kind of congruence with your business, right? Yeah, it has to have something to do with your business and it has to have something to do with your audience too. Like just blogging, I mean, obviously you're interviewing people and these are providing value to your audience. So that's something right. you're promoting that's gonna be of value to them. Um, you know, as an artist, if it's something, you know, you don't just wanna write about, you know, 
oh, I worked on another piece of artwork. You know, write about what motivated that artwork or right. what new technique you used with that artwork. Something that kind of gives either insight into you or something that they can use. It's educational, it's informational. Um, entertainment's always fun, but, you know, people aren't going to come to your blog just to read about you all the time. They want to learn something. They want something of value as well. Yeah, they need to plug into what why where am i in this like exactly. you know, like how do, well, how does your work affect me so so this is this is all about the blog so twice a week is good three times a week whatever it is just make sure it's consistent and and keep it the same time same station in other yep. words you're programming your audience to say if you like this and you're, you're really getting hooked into this you expect it to be there yeah, and there's absolutely, I mean, like I said, my sweet spot is a thousand words. That's that's for me. I'm comfortable with that. I can crank that out in, you know, a matter of hours um, and be done with it. But for most people that aren't writers, that's not easy. You might only want to do, you know, a 300-word blog post. Or maybe you want to do video blog posts instead or something where you have a short, you know, text intro, but the rest of it's a video that you've uploaded. You right. know, do what works for you so that you enjoy it. The hardest thing is, to, you know, force yourself into something that you dread doing every week. It should be something you enjoy. Right, right. Hey, let's move on to um, Instagram, which is actually how we met because I had Sue on this show and her, her show hasn't aired yet. I think it's coming up in about three weeks. But um, Sue B. Zimmerman is the Instagram gal. And uh, that's actually how I got connected with Jen. So, Jen, tell me, um, and I'm enjoying this Instagram course that I'm involved with, in, yeah, with right so now. Yeah, it's been it's a lot of homework, but I, I got to stay busy, <laughs> man. But you guys, uh, you guys are, are crushing it. So, can you tell us, uh, give us the Instagram story? What's going on with that platform these days? Yeah, Instagram. I mean, you can't go anywhere and not hear about Instagram these days. It's it's amazing. It's such an awesome platform. It's growing exponentially. Um, it's actually coming up on its five year anniversary, which is I can't believe it's already five years. Um, but it's it's such a powerful platform because it is um, it's so unlike all of the other platforms. It's got a little bit of this and a little bit of that, but it's so unique in how it's built because it is highly visual. It's something that people can instantly connect with. It's very emotive and evocative in that way. It's not like you have to sit there and scroll through text and read you know a, a blog post link or something to get the idea. That one photo gives you everything you need. So it kind of satisfies that instant gratification that we have in our current society. Um, but it's also, it's such a way to connect. It's the most, I think it's the most engaged platform I've ever seen of all the social media platforms. It's, you know, I've honestly met, you know, business associates, friends, colleagues, people purely through having connected first on Instagram. And these are people that I now, you know, chat with via email or, you know, whatever on the weekends and things like that. So this is something that is unlike any other platform it's you know you can meet people and instantly start a conversation and generate relationships and to do that in a business context is amazingly powerful so i love it not only for instagram as a platform but for marketing and how you can take that and really build a brand yeah you know um i've had some really good luck with that uh, i met chris ducker on there and uh we just kind of said hello and then i met michael o'neill from the solopreneur hour um, a very successful uh, podcaster, and it was so funny. I reached out to Michael through um, through Instagram on the direct messaging, and we just traded a hello. And then a week later, I got back and I I wrote to him and I said, "Hey, why don't, why don't you come on my show?" And I asked him on a Tuesday, and he was on my show on a Thursday. It, Shut that up. Thursday, That's awesome. And it was like we had the greatest time. It was just really really cool, very conversational, and. Um, 
the power of that direct message is unbelievable because I've met a lot of wonderful, amazing, talented artists, performers, singers, songwriters, etc., film producers through the direct message um, part of Instagram. So uh, it's really, it's really amazing, and I'm just, you know, I'm just at the forefront. I'm at the tip of the iceberg. I really don't know. Uh, as much about it as I'm going to after I finish with your course. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so tell um, tell us a little bit more about what people should be doing on there as far as posting content, how to post content. Um, you know, not to not to go into it. You know, too I was deep. Say, how but, much time do we have? <laughs> yeah, just because um, I want to get to yeah. I want to get to Pinterest and uh, Facebook. So I want to just touch on them all. So maybe like five or six minutes of what to do with Instagram. Yeah, for sure. So first and foremost, Instagram is about the visual. It's about the photos and videos. If you are a video person and you can create videos, you can get so much power out of a video on Instagram. It can't be more than 15 seconds, so keep that in mind. Um, but it is about the visual content. So you need to start thinking about your business, um, your artistry, your you know how you've built your brand from an from a visual perspective. You know, I always tell people, I'm like, imagine there's a camera following you around every day and what you do. You know, we're so programmed to think of, you know, sending a tweet that says, I'm watching such and such, you know, on, you know, binge watching a, a show on Netflix, or I'm doing this, at, you know, at the mall, or I'm working on this project. So instead of thinking of it in terms of how you would text or tweet or something, think about it in terms of a photo. And it's about making quality photos. So just because you, you're like, hey, I'm watching, you know, I'm binge watching this on, on Netflix. That doesn't mean just snap a photo of your TV. Try staging it a little. You know what? You know, put some. You know, you know, drinks out on the table, or you know, pull the drapes down to perfect the lighting a little bit better, or whatever you need to do to kind of make that picture really stand out. To explain what it is you're doing, but make it appealing as well. You don't. So want put to the effort into the set. Make it. You know, make Absolutely. it eye friendly. Yeah. And I always, you know, you can hear and see this all the time. You know, we see celebrities on Instagram, and I'm not saying to go follow a bunch of celebrities by any means, unless you want to. But, you know, they post a photo on Instagram. It took like 12 people to get that photo. Like they're like casually laid out in bed being like, oh, I just woke up like this. I'm like, oh, no, you didn't. You have 12 <laughs> people behind the camera. You've had makeup touch-ups. You have lighting in the backdrop. You mean, the, but it's, it's a beautiful, casual photo that took probably 45 minutes to stage. Right. So take the time to put that effort into your photos because it, the more popular Instagram gets, and it's massively popular, the more content there is. So just like anything else, you need to stand out. And to do that, you need that quality photograph that makes people stop and look. And then once you've got them to stop and look at the photo, now that's where you want them in the caption. The caption is where you can write. That's where you can really tell the story. And the caption should elaborate the story of the photo. It should not be a standalone. You shouldn't have a photo of a flower. And then in the caption, you're talking about buying a new car. You know, it's they need to be related to each other. You need to have a reason for the photo. And then the caption tells that story a little bit more. Include calls to action occasionally if you want people to come, you know, buy a piece of artwork that you now have available. Or if you're doing a, you know, a show at a gallery or you're going to be interviewed on something, put that as a call to action to have them listen in or come visit or, you know, stop by or things like that. So, 
use that space to you know build your business build your brand don't be afraid to ask questions ask people what they think of something or what are they doing in their projects um, get feedback and generate that engagement because like I said it really is a super social platform in that context so Jen when you um, when you put up a photo right and you put in um, you basically do your description what it's about now do you use emojis in that section or do you save them for the next piece in other words um, you know like you're supposed to put your um i was gonna i was gonna lead into the hashtag section yeah. but but you can put the emojis in both right absolutely and i mean i'm an android girl all okay. the way so okay. i don't have the emoji options like the iphone users do oh, I mean, okay android users can actually download an emoji keyboard if they want to um i just have chosen not to bother doing that but yes, trust me, I'm, if I had emojis, I'd be all over them. You know, it would, you'd be ridiculous. Right. So that's probably why I haven't done it, because I think I'd, my whole context would be just emojis. I'd be speaking in emojis. Because um, yes, for, for everybody out there, just to, just to say how badly I was doing this, <laughs> I, I, w I had the hashtags all in the wrong place. I had them like, you know, and you're supposed to not put them in your subject line. You're supposed to just tell a little bit about right like what what's this photo and then you do your caption and you throw some emojis in correct and i'm yeah, good wanna, so far yeah it's like you want to um you know whatever your caption is you you know unless the the hashtag or something is exclusive to the, like the context of the caption the caption should be text yes you can throw a couple emojis in there or something you know spice it up a little bit right. you can do some formatting or spacing like you want to do the drop down lines and put some emojis in to you know emphasize a point or or throw some spacing in absolutely um, but your text, your caption should read as text. It should be something that's easy to read. It shouldn't be littered with hashtags and, and difficult to read, you know, symbols and all these kinds of things. Your caption should be a caption. And then if you want to get kind of fun, mix in a couple things and then throw your hashtags in either at the end, at the very bottom of the caption or in a follow-up um, comment. Yeah, I've been doing them in the, I thought it was, you're supposed to do it in the follow-up. That's what I thought was the correct way. So I, I basically well, post my picture and my comment and then i yeah. i hit the heart again a second time and then post the hashtags is that the best way it is and it isn't it's it's such a catch too. depending on who you talk to they'll tell you different things for me i put all of my hashtags in my caption that's what i've done a b testing on this and that's what works best for me okay and i also only use about 10 hashtags per post so i'm not spamming it with like 30 hashtags right if you're right. using more hashtags you want to put them more in a comment section but here's the thing that I always want to point out, because a few months back, Instagram changed how hashtags are sourced in a hashtag search. So if you're going to use a popular hashtag, like hashtag love, hashtag cute, hashtag, you know, if you're doing something like, you know, if it's July 4th and you're using hashtag July 4th, these are really popular, super trending hashtags. If you wait even that 10 to 15 seconds that it takes for you to post your original caption, go in and post a comment your um by the time that hashtag goes live your post is already buried in an archive because it's such a popular we're talking millions of photos being used with that hashtag okay. so i always recommend putting your popular hashtags in the original caption so you can put three or four or five in there that are the really popular ones and then in the follow-up comment that's where you can go in and put all your other hashtags so it's not overwhelming and those ones aren't going to get lost in an archive database within 15 or 20 seconds 
Okay, so so you can be creative. I mean, I yep. never use like anybody else's. I I just try to come up with unique ones, and I don't know if it works or not. But, <laughs> but I will, and it all depends on your strategy and and who you're trying to reach. And that's the biggest thing I want to point out too is if you're going to use hashtags, you don't want to use them just to use them. Like I, if you know, I'm obviously I do social media marketing, so I use that hashtag. But that's I mean, if you go look at the social media hashtag or the social media marketing there are things that have nothing to do with any of that right but it i still use it because it's still relevant in terms of what i'm posting but then i go into more specific ones so i have my own branded ones i have learned from jen and jen's trends and then i'll do maybe i'll have one for like if i if the post is about a webinar i'll use the hashtag webinar and then the topic so maybe it's instagram marketing or instagram training so you can get more specific but you want to keep it related to the content. Don't use it just to be like, oh, I'm going to use hashtag Kim Kardashian because I know that's going to get me, you know, five more likes on my post if it has nothing to do with that. So, But also, sure like you said, you know, don't you get buried? Like, don't you just get like, yeah. oh, everybody's using this lady's name. This is crazy. Yeah. And that's like, people use it because, I mean, and that's the thing. Yes, in all reality, you might get yourself a couple more likes if you use a super popular hashtag. Right. But it's not going to be something that's going to generate, you know, anything of value. So you get three more likes on your photo. It means nothing in terms of the long scheme. You're not addressing your target audience and you're not building your audience. Let me ask you this. Um, good idea to have a landing page. Yes. Um, yes. Okay. Yes, in sense of, you know, you want to lead people from Instagram to your website put up a landing page or send them to a specific page on purpose. Like I send people to my blog because that's what I'm promoting. So when they go to like, they see my newest blog post and advertise on Instagram, they land right on my blog. Right. But within that page, I have, you know, the sign up for my email list. I have, you know, here's my latest ebook. So all of that's built into that, that page. So it kind of acts like a landing page. Right. Um, even though it isn't. So if you have a page on your website that you want to use, use that. Otherwise, yes, use a landing page, something that welcomes them, you know, whether it's you're promoting a new, you know, piece that you're working on, a, a product, a service, whatever it is, have that on that landing page and, and give them what they came for. And that's my other thing. When you're coming from Instagram, you know, by the time, because the only place they can click on the link is in your bio. So you said, hey, you know, here's my caption. I'm talking about this. Come click on the link in my bio. They get to your bio. They click on the link. They get to your website. You don't want to have them have to go navigate through three or four things once they get to your website. So whatever that landing page is should give them exactly what they're coming to for from right. Instagram. How'd you get so smart? <laughs> Lots of practice. <laughs> You're in such a relatively new industry, but you seem like you have such a handle on so many things. Hey, let's talk about Facebook. What yeah, is going good. on with Facebook? Well, Facebook is Facebook. Facebook yeah. is, has taken over the world. I mean, so, it's, it's bigger than countries. I know, I know. So, so with your blog, are you like, are you obviously you're on Facebook, right? You're on all the socials. Yep. Is there anything people should be handling differently using Facebook? Um, like they're two different platforms. Instagram seems to be ga gaining a lot of traction. Um, and Facebook is just a juggernaut. Um, but, but what should we be doing on Facebook that is different than Instagram? Well, Facebook is more of, um, it's, you have to think of it in the sense of, you know, Instagram is where people are going to hang out really fast and casual. Like they're, they're scrolling through really fast. They're double tapping, you know, Facebook, they're looking at what their friends and family are doing. They didn't go to Facebook to find out, you know, you know, what 
you know, Target posted for a coupon that day, um, although some people might be, I guess, you know, they're not there to see what their, you know, local restaurant is necessarily posting about. If they come across it, they're interested in it, but that's not why they're going to Facebook. So you have to keep in mind that people are there in a social context to see what friends and family and things are doing. So you want to keep your content a little bit more casual. Don't make it so markety. Don't make it so salesy. Make it much more conversational. Um, and educational content works really, really well on Facebook. If you, the, the things that go viral tend to be those articles. It's like, you know, the 10, you know, tips to do this or how to do this better. Um, so not that you should write a done a blog post in that context, but if, you know, as an artist, you can say how to um, clean and maintain your paintbrushes and make them last five years longer. That's right. something of value to somebody. And when you share that to Facebook, someone who's an artist goes, oh, this is really helpful. And then they share it to Facebook and then they share it to Facebook and then they share. And that's how you get that reach and exposure. So you want to do things on Facebook that are going to get you more exposure because Facebook reach is so limited. And I'm not going to harp on this, but if people aren't super familiar with the Facebook algorithm, it does highly restrict what if you have a business page on Facebook, what people will see. So you could have 5,000 fans and only like 40 people will see your post because of how it, Facebook decides what will be seen in people's news feeds. So you want to make sure that you're creating content that people want to see. The more that they engage with it, the more that they see it, the more Facebook shows it to people. So it's, it's a very, you know... So when you say content. the more Facebook shows it to people, it's, it's really others post, reposting the content. Um, that, but also just Facebook, Facebook's algorithm. If, it, if you have a post that you put up and all of a sudden you get like 10 likes on it right away and a bunch of comments, Facebook goes, oh, this must be important. And it chooses in its algorithm to show it to more people. But, so, how, but how does that happen? How does it just pop up in front of other people? Are they, they're directing the flow of content? Um, if they're your fans, yeah. So oh, it's, got it. It's, okay. Yeah, if they're your fans and they're, some, like, they're not going to just gonna show it to other people. That would right. come from the, but yeah, from within your fan base, more people will see it um, if Facebook deems it to be quality content. Which yeah. is really annoying because I put up quality content that sees 28 people and then I have something that's like random and then that goes out to like 400 people. I'm like, come on, come on, right. Facebook, work with me. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I just started seeing these um, these comments in the right hand top corner saying your post is performing better than eighty eight percent of other, and it's kind of um, it it's kind of educational because I I ask myself why why is that performing and you look at it and you go okay, there's something about this that people find interesting you know so it it's kind of like I'm learning what these algorithms um, are asking for essentially. It is. And when, I mean, when Facebook does that, it says it's performing better than 75% of the other posts. They're trying to get you to promote it. They're basically telling you this post is already doing well. Right. So if you want to invest money and put it out in front of more people, it's going to do even better. It's kind right. of their way of, because that's saying you don't ever want to run an ad or boost or promote a post that isn't good. You right. know, so Facebook is telling you, this is a good post. It's generating good engagement. It's worth sharing, um, which is one strategy. If you're, if you're going to use Facebook ads, that's a, I absolutely advocate for Facebook ads. I don't personally use them, and that's not something we're going to get into today. Right. Um, but absolutely, you should be using Facebook ads to get more reach and exposure. I highly advocate them to my clients. Yeah, I've heard um, that they're, it's, I've heard from so many people that they're, uh, they're well worth the money. I mean, are they very expensive? They're not. And that's okay. the best thing about them is you can literally set a budget of $5 a day, 50 right. bucks a week, you know, whatever you want that budget to be. 
And if you're going to invest in doing ads, I highly recommend you take the time to learn how to use them properly. Go to a Facebook ads coach. You know, there's a, a few people that I recommend that, you know, they, they teach, you know, through online, uh, you know, ways of doing it and stuff like that. But it's learn how to do them well so you don't waste your money because they're very complicated. There's like all these different ways you can use the Facebook ads and how you can target. And are you targeting new people or your existing fans? And it gets really complicated. But if you know how to do it right, you can get so much return. I mean, you can spend like $100 on ads and generate thousands of dollars in revenue. It's amazing what you can do if you do it well. Right. That's awesome. Hey, um, let's switch over to, well, let's do Pinterest real quick. I don't know anything about it. I <laughs> I signed up a couple of things. Um, I don't know if it's on through, through my blog, blog, I think. I think I did. Yeah. So I'm on Pinterest in some capacity, but I have no clue. Tell me how to use Pinterest. Well, Pinterest is, I mean, it started off as basically like a bulletin board type concept. So it was you pin something that you're interested in. So it started off with a lot of like the mommy generation. So they're pinning recipes and crafts and things like that, that there was like, you know, what it does is it takes an image and that image then links to usually another website page. So let's say I, if I post my blog post to Pinterest, they see the image, which is my blog post image. When they click on it, it goes to my blog post page and they can read the blog post. So the same thing, you know, for recipes, you you see the image of a great meal and it's, you know, you click on that and then it takes you to the recipe. So now you can make that for dinner. So it's, it's like that bulletin board type setup. Um, so what you do is you create different boards. So you want a different board for each theme. So, you know, you might have one if you're interested in travel, you might have one if you're interested, like I said, for maybe like cooking or meals or something, you might have one for your artistry, you might have one for if you're all about artistry, different types of artistry, one for painting, one for, you know, drawings and charcoal, you might have one for, um, you know, sculptures, you might have one for metalwork. Um, and so you're going to pin photos of things that you like and enjoy or that mean something to you that you might want to go back and look at. Um, people use it for different reasons. They post it just because they like it. They post it because they want to buy it. They post it because they want to come back and use it later on. Um, so there's a lot of different reasons, but how is this, product, uh, how is this really platform fun. growing? I mean, is it comparatively with like, um, compared to Instagram? Um, it's not growing nearly as fast or as rapidly, right. but the, Here's the thing with Pinterest is that it generates traffic forever. You'll have a post that you pinned, you know, let's say you have a piece of artwork that you pinned or, you know, for me, like a blog post. And I pinned that thing like eight months ago. It is still driving traffic to my website today. Well, that's so great. you get that longevity because people yeah. see it and then they repin it. And then someone sees it and then they repin it. And so it's this constant evolution, which is great for product-based is something you always have in stock. It's obviously great. Otherwise, you've run out eight months later. You don't have it in stock. It doesn't really work as well. Um, but for services or, you know, a variety of, of ways that you want to, you know, share your knowledge, whether, like I said, there is the blog post coming back to that or those types of things, you're going to generate traffic for months and months and months using Pinterest. Right. Hey, um, let's move on to the Periscope. What's okay. going on with Periscope? What are your What is your take on it? I I actually the last couple of weeks been doing a lot of scopes, um, and I fell off the wagon this weekend. And <laughs> I, I did I think 
eight or nine or ten in a row, and uh, I got busy over the weekend. But um, but I've been trying, and my thing is, I have no idea what I'm doing. So um, I, I was well, you actually know, probably no more than I do, because to be completely honest, I have I'm not on Periscope. I have written about it from the context of what I have learned from people that I know and trust in the industry. Right. Um, but I have not personally even signed up for Periscope. I'm for me, and this is my you know, theory in in life and especially with social media is I don't just jump on the new thing just because, and I'm not saying that that's not why you shouldn't be on Periscope, Right. but you know, there's only so many hours in day and there's so many things that, you know, we each have to work on and I prefer to read. I don't like watching videos nearly as much as I like to read. So for me, sitting through a scope or, you know, those types of things isn't as valuable to me and my time. Right. Um, But absolutely Periscope is it that, I mean, it's just, off the chain it's crazy how much it's blown up yeah i mean i've been watching uh alex pettit from uh from the uk (laughs) who was like the periscope man he was he was actually in their offices the very first day the app was released with uh twitter so what does he do he teaches people how to use periscope so many people are doing that right now um the other person that you should be following if you're looking for that is brian fanzo f-a-n-z-o oh yeah i'll check him out He's the bomb. He's He started out big with Meerkat when it came out. He was a huge advocate. Um, and he's made a huge name for himself in that live streaming platform. Um, he's hilarious. He's entertaining. He's so informational, educational. Um, he's picking up into the speaking world now. Um, but he's an awesome, awesome guy to follow if you're interested in oh, you know, yeah. how I'll to check learn him out. more about it. Yeah. Uh, Shalene Johnson's big on that. There's a lot, yeah. of, there's a lot of people who are... You know, have really staked their claim. Chris Ducker's getting on it now, and um, so I, you know, I think it's like you get, you get on and you practice, and maybe you figure it out. I mean, actually, Sue yeah. Sue had told me she said, "Hey, you know what? Just get on there, and you'll it, what'll happen is your feedback will tell you what to do." So, so and that's uh, like anything else in social media. You know, you you try it, you do your best, and you know, if you're not a big video person you'll get better at it. You know, if you're not a great writer, you get better at it. It's something that, you know, you just, you practice it and you, like you said, the feedback will let you know what's working. You know, you'll have more people tune in at certain times and other times. So, you know, that works better. You know, you'll figure it out as you go. Hey, um, as we're winding down here, Jen, tell me, um, tell me what you're looking forward to as far as, uh, you know, you have this lovely new baby in your life right now. Besides that, you know, professionally in your career, like, what are you looking forward to? You have all this great knowledge, all this ability, like what's really exciting for you come, you know, coming up in the months and the rest of this year? I just want the whole world to learn how to use Instagram. Honestly, I'm, I'm obsessed with Instagram. Um, as you mentioned, um, you know, Sue and I launched the Insta Academy this year, which is designed to train marketers um, how to use multiple um, Instagram accounts for managing multiple clients. And it's something that, you know, we put a lot of passion to. Um, ironically, she approached me right after I found out I was pregnant and it took nine months to launch the program and it took me nine months to have a baby. So they both came at the same time. It was awesome. It was Perfect timing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we've we've launched that and we're looking forward to doing it again next year. Um, and I just, I've got, you know, my Instagram trainings that I do a one-on-one Instagram training um, through Jen's Trends where I work with a client one-on-one with their specific needs to make sure they know how to use Instagram to the best of their ability. And I just, I love where Instagram is going. I love the platform that it is for marketing. Um, it is growing. Now they've rolled out ads to more people, so it's only going to continue to grow. And, you know, you know whether it's, 
you know, getting individual businesses or bigger businesses or corporations. I just really look forward to working with more and more people um, and showing them how to use Instagram well. Okay, who's your favorite client? Individuals, companies, what's the favorite client for Jen? Oh, I don't, I can't pick one. Right, right, See, <laughs> but, but you do, but you're comfortable in both environments, correct? Yeah, but, it's, it's honestly, I mean, it, that's the thing, it's, it's such a challenge. Like, I love working with small businesses because I love helping them to understand one-on-one, um, you know, how they can do it for themselves and watching them succeed from 100 followers to 1,000 followers and, and their genuine appreciation for that. But then I love the challenge of a big company with, you know, thousands of employees and a team of people working on something and watching them, you know, change a strategy and, and launch something completely different. So it, it's so hard to, to, like I said, to pick one or the other because they both are so rewarding in different ways right so for anybody out there looking for help in social media you've got the bomb right here on this show (laughs) jen so jen herman what's the best way for a corporation or an individual to reach you to get help for their business yeah you can reach me at um email's great it's jen j-e-n-n at jenstrends.com that's j-e-n-n-s-t-r-e-n-d-s um, or it's jenstrends.com is my website and blog and that has links to all my social media profiles um, that has information if you want to hire me to speak if you want to hire me to train if you want to do a consultation everything you need is right there on the website it's really easy to navigate please reach out to me just shoot me an email let me know if you have a simple question I'm always happy to answer questions um, and then happy to work with anybody in whatever context, you know, I do not just Instagram training, I do social media training as well. So if you're struggling with Facebook or those kinds of things, you know, just let me know. I'm, I'm here to help. This is what I love to do. That's fantastic. Jen, thank you so much for sharing all your evolved wisdom today on the Dharmic Evolution. I had a great time with this interview. I, I know everybody learned a tremendous amount just listening in, having their ear to the ground and, and getting these pearls from you. So uh, thank you so much. It was a pleasure today. Thank you so much. Jen Herman, what a sweet, knowledgeable lady, not merely just a font of information. She's a veritable fountain of information. So uh, check out Jen at her site. We only just barely scratched the surface of what she knows about social media. Media, Take advantage of that, please. Also, head over to dharmicevolution.com for all the shows, the photo show links, videos, bios of the guests. One swipe with your mouse, you can cruise through all the shows and check out just how we're stacking the cool guest by guest. Also, please, if you have not done so yet, subscribe, rate, and review in iTunes. We love when you do this. And for those of you who have already done so, thank you, thank you, thank you. It means the world to us here at the Evolution Mansion. And don't forget, the download is free, but the content, it's priceless. Hey, tune in on Wednesday, December 2nd. We're going down under to hear Joe Romeo, Dr. Joe Romeo. Yes, he's a doctor with six kids. And wait till you hear the Christian rock that this man puts together. You're going to love this. So thanks for being here today on the Dharmic Evolution. Uh, Always have a blast with you guys. I'm your host, James Kevin O'Connor, singer, songwriter, audio, video artist, and master storyteller. Until next time, I'll either see you on the socials or I'll see you from the stage.
Let's do it.